All right, everybody, welcome. Uh, once again, uh, for those of you who are new here, my name's Matt. I'm the lead pastor here along with my wife, Tanya. We get to serve Life Church along with Pastors Mike and Ev and our team. Uh, and we are so grateful to, to have the opportunity to do that. We're so grateful to be used by God, to see his kingdom come. By the way, just so you're all, in case you're wondering, this is his church. All right, it's not my church. This is his church. And we have great expectations because we serve a great God. We expect him to do great things in our midst. And that's why we, we, we step out in faith, and that's why we pray for people, and that's why we believe that God can move even in this moment, because the word of God is true. Amen? Um, my name's Matt. Once again, I'm six foot four. Uh, slightly over 200 pounds. Okay, maybe a little bit more than slightly over 200 pounds. I'm married to this amazing woman right here. I've got three kids, and I'm a radical lover of Jesus. Um, I've spent my life serving him, and and intend to continue to do that. I love him with all my heart. I'm also kind of a fair weather Canucks fan. Not gonna lie. This is a tough year, and, uh, and I love a good steak. So that's what you need to know about me today. And also, that's enough about me, because now we need to talk about the Lord. And we have been in a series here of a, 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 of a phrase, kind of a, a theme, as we've been going into the year 2023 of this word release. We've been talking about how God wants to release us, and also he wants us to release our things and our cares and our worries back to him. And we've been talking about how he is a great God, and he's got a great plan for our lives. And, and the way that we will overcome in our lives is by returning in rest, by quietness and confidence, by trusting in our great God. And in that vein, as we were going into 2023, I was praying, and I was like, God, what do you want us to preach on? You know, there's some great topical studies we could do. There's some great, you know, scriptures that we could go through. And maybe we should dive back into Revelation. Or, or God, what is it that you want us to do? Where do you want us to go? And I remember I was out and I was shoveling snow. And I was like, you know, listening to this podcast or, or this book on, 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 my, on my phone. And I'm, I'm going away and I'm shoveling. And all of a sudden I get this idea in my mind, you need to do Psalm 23. And I was like, Psalm 23. And I'll be, to be honest with you, the first thought that came to my mind is, God, isn't that a little basic? I mean, Psalm 23, don't we all know Psalm 23? Haven't we heard that, that scripture so many times? How many uh, funerals have you been to where you've heard that scripture read? How many coffee mugs do you have with Psalm 23 on it, right? How, how, isn't that kind of like the basic Christian scripture? And, but I felt like the Lord said, no, this is the word for you. This is the word for Life Church going into 2023. Psalm 23. And then wouldn't you know it, we came into a time of prayer to start the year uh, on January the 1st, we met at Life Center, and I remember we were there, and we had some people get up and share what God was putting on their hearts. And I remember Paula, our incredible um, uh, 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 store uh, manager that was there, and she got up, and she had a word, and she said, I feel like this year is the year of Psalm 23. And, and I remember looking at Pastor Mike, and he gave me a big smile, because he knew where we were going. And I said, yeah, that's right. And then I was talking to Lorraine Gibbs this morning, and by the way, it is her birthday today. She is 92 years old. Come on. And she told me, Matt, when I saw Psalm 23 come up on the screen, I got a big uh, a smile and I got a big chill down my spine because that is my life's verse. And I know for many of you, this verse has meant so much. And so here's how we're going to approach this today, you guys. We're not going to rush through it. Like we could probably nail this down in like one, one Sunday, right? Okay, Psalm 23, now let's move on. But what I felt like the Lord wanted us to do is he wanted us to take it one time, one bite at a time, one verse at a time. 
And, and the Bible tells us about itself that in, in Matthew 4, 4, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, by, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. In Jeremiah 15, verse 16, it says, your words were found and I ate them, and your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. And so we believe that this Bible, this Bible, that every word is inspired by God. And, you know, there's something about a good meal that you don't just wolf it down. You know, like when I was a kid, I'd get a good meal, it'd be gone like that. And I'd be like, seconds please, right? But now, as I've gotten older, I've gotten more discerning. When I get a good meal, when I get a good steak, I'm going to take my time with that steak. I'm going to carefully carve it out. I'm going to take a bite of that thing. I'm going to put it in my mouth, and I'm going to savor that flavor and enjoy it, right? Well, I really felt like that's what the Holy Spirit wanted us to do today with Psalm 23. We're going to take a bite, and we're going to enjoy the flavor of it. And we're going to dive in to the truths that God wants to reveal to us this morning. Are you with me, Life Church? Are you with me? We're going right to the Word of God, you guys. Psalm 23, so I think it'd be appropriate for us this morning to read it. And I'm going to have it up here on the screen. Uh, it's going to be in the New King James Version. And um, I've never done this before, but let's just do this right now. Let's all read this together. Okay? So here we go. I'm going to count you down. One, so starting in the Lord is my shepherd, not a Psalm of David, just so we're clear. Okay. <laughs> One, two, three. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you that your word is living and active and it's sharper than a two-edged sword. God, it divides between the soul and the spirit and discerns the intents of the heart. And Father, we submit ourselves today to your word. God, we pray that your word would go forth in our lives and it would not return void. God, it would accomplish what it is set out to do. Father, we pray that you would move in each heart in this place this morning, Lord God. Lord, I pray that you would use me as your vessel this morning to speak your word with life and joy and peace, Lord God, and authority, Lord Jesus. And I pray you'd help me to get out of the way so that you can do whatever you want to do in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Okay, so in the vein of taking it one bite at a time, we are going to start at the very beginning. It's a very good place to start. Some of you got that reference. Uh, Psalm chapter 23, verse 1 says this. The Lord, everybody say the Lord, is my shepherd. I shall not want. In the NLT it says it this way. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. In Psalm 23, verse 1 in the NIV, it, David says it this way. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. So the beginning of this passage is a declaration. David is standing up and declaring it out. They're putting it in writing for all to see. And he's saying, listen, the Lord is my shepherd. 
Like he's excitingly declaring the fact that the Lord is his shepherd. You know what this is like? This is like when I started dating Tanya Cherie Thiessen. See, I, I, I kind of noticed her from a distance, right? I've been like, oh man, I think, I think she's pretty cute. I, I think there's something about her that I, I could potentially like. And then, I, I, you know, we got to know each other. We're hanging out at Young Adults, and we're hanging out. And all of a sudden, I said, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, Tanya, uh, do you think that you, could, you would maybe want to go, go on a date with me sometime? And she said, yeah. I'm like, yes! And then we went on a date, and it was amazing. And, and I was like, hey, do you think you'd want to try that again sometime? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, yes! And then we, it progressed over time until eventually— I said, hey, um, do you want to, like, be my girlfriend? And she said, yes! And, and then that progressed until the point where I remember I was a youth pastor in California at the time, and, like, everything I had was about Tanya. Like, my screensaver was Tanya. Um, and we didn't have phones back then, like, that had pictures on them. So it was just, if it would have been, it would have been her, her face on my phone. I remember every analogy that I gave to the youth group was about Tanya. And people must have gotten so sick and tired. My phone bill was Tanya. Uh, like that was it. That was, that was all it was. it was. It was entirely that. And then I asked her to marry me. She said yes, and she became my wife. And it's like this. It's like saying, hey, guys, my wife is Tanya. Just want you all to know that's my wife. That's my woman. That's my wife. She is my wife. Well, that's what David is doing here as he begins this passage. He said, listen, everybody, check this out. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I don't know if you got this, but, but my hope, my, the one that leads me, the one that guides me, he is the Lord. Now, in order for this to mean anything to us today, we have to have at least a basic understanding about shepherding. See, to David, this was a very uh, uh, obvious choice for him to choose to say, this is what it's like for me. He's like my shepherd because David, in fact, was a shepherd at one point. Now, to us today, that might not make a lot of sense. What is a shepherd? We have to start there. We have to understand what is he talking about when he's talking about the idea of a shepherd. And so what I did is I um, looked up the most reliable source I could think of, and I googled, what does it mean to be a shepherd? So for us to have a basic understanding of this, this is what it came up with. There was a job description for a role of a shepherd. If you ever wanted to be a shepherd, just check it out online. You can find this, and this is what you can do. Okay, this is what you're required to do as a shepherd. Number one, ensure the wealth and safety of 4,000 plus sheep. Two, vaccinations. That's a fun word. Number three, worming. Number four, foot bathing. Number five, daily livestock, livestock supervision. Number six, getting lambs ready for shearing. Number seven, prepare feed and water supplies for livestock. Number eight, tra tra tractor driving, grass harrowing. Number nine, maintain equipment and machines. Number 10, look after the livestock across the estates of, four, again, 4,500 sheep. He goes, driving tractors, moving your parking soil, uh, fencing, general animal husbandry, uh, sheep dogs, you have to have at least two. Preparing sheep for shearing. General animal welfare. So as you can see, this is quite an involved job. You know, I think a lot of times when we think about a shepherd, we might get this picture of this guy that, you know, especially David. You know, we always get these pictures of David sitting on a hillside, this picturesque setting with a harp, and the sheep are all kind of meandering and wandering around him. Bah, bah, right? And he's just sitting there writing songs. 
oh, what rhymes with Jesus? Or, no, it wouldn't be Jesus. What rhymes with God? You know, he's, he's trying to like come up with a this, with this song, and, and he's just chilling there, and there's nothing to it. But in fact, this is an involved position. There is a lot of responsibility to be a shepherd. I also looked up online, there was a, a website where a, a lady was a shepherd. She was very passionate about it. And she talked about the requirements, and she talked about you are required to look after the flock's welfare. Um, as the sheep eat all and forage in an area, the shepherd will move the sheep and his living quarters to a fresh range. So you got to be checking out the area. you got to be paying attention as a shepherd. Um, you need to protect people, the sheep from, from predators. There's coyotes, wolves, mountain lions, bears, domestic dogs, um, all these different things that are going to try to come and, and get at your sheep. So you got to pay attention to that. you got to protect their health. Oh, there's some really gross stories about sheep and what can happen to them with their health. So you got to be on top of them with their vaccinations. you got to dip them in insecticides. You need to uh, make sure that you're taking care of them that way as well because sheep tend to get sick. So you got to pay attention to that. And then the shearing of the flock, that's something that's actually a requirement that you have to do, not just to get the wool, but so that they are safe and they are healthy. Um, there's stories about sheep that will get so much wool on them that they'll roll over to lie down and they can't turn around to get back up again. And so you can picture the little sheep up there with his legs just stirring and they start to panic. And it's actually kind of scary because they actually panic themselves to death. So you have to be ready. You have to be vigilant. You have to be aware. And therefore, if it's that much responsibility, then there are also good shepherds and, th and there are bad shepherds. Uh, in his book um, called The uh, Shepherd's Look at Psalm 23, Philip Keller writes this, Some men were kind and gentle and intelligent and brave and selfless in their devotion to their flock. But under one man, sheep would struggle, starve, and suffer endless hardship. In another's care, they would flourish and thrive contentedly. So you had to know that the shepherd that was your shepherd was a good shepherd. That they cared for you. That they could watch after you. A good shepherd must have strength of character and intentionality. Must be willing to lay down their lives for the flock. And the question then is, does the Lord deserve this title? Does the Lord deserve this title? In John chapter 10 verse 11 it says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd... One that does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock. And one shepherd. Church, he is the good shepherd. He is the good shepherd. And my question for you today is, is he your shepherd? Is he the one that leads and guides you? Can I just tell you another thing about God? About how he is a good shepherd? In Psalm chapter 121 verses 1 all the way th uh, through uh, 8, it says this, um, we're going to skip verse 4. A song for the pilgrims ascending to Jerusalem. I look up to the mountains, and does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now 
and forever. Church, he is the good shepherd. He is faithful. He will keep you. He will surround you. He will not let the enemy get to you. He is the God of all gods. He is the king of all kings. He keeps you from stumbling. He protects you, and he keeps outside harm from you. And so my question today is very simple. Who is your shepherd? Who is the one that is leading and guiding you? Who or what is being allowed to lead and guide your life? You know, for some sheep, they might say, well, the, the grass is my shepherd. And that's what feeds me. I, I eat every day. I have grass, and that is my shepherd. The water is my shepherd. I go to the water, and I, I get refreshing. But could they actually say, the Lord is my shepherd? What is it that's being allowed to lead and guide you? Is it your finances? Is that what, is that what's leading and guiding you? Is it your, is it your anxiety? Is that leading and guiding you? Is, is it, is it your relationships? Are the relationships that you say, well, that, that's my shepherd. That's what holds me. Is it, is it your, your retirement fund? Is that your shepherd? By the way, none of these things are wrong in and of themselves. They're not bad when we have them in the right order. That Jesus is our shepherd. Is entertainment your shepherd? We live in an era where we have so much entertainment. We have so many things that can uh, uh, entertain us and distract us. Is that your shepherd? Or is it Jesus? Is it Jesus? And so as we... As we move forward in this today, I just want to talk to you about three things. Three thoughts from the perspective of a sheep. Remember, David's basically calling himself a sheep here. He's saying, I'm a sheep, and he's the shepherd. And I want to give you three things from the perspective of a sheep from this passage to encourage you today. You guys with me? Can we do this? Okay, here we go. Number one, sheep don't choose the shepherd. I want to encourage you today. Sheep don't choose the shepherd. Jesus chose you. I want that truth to land in your heart today. You know, when I was a kid, there was this song that we used to always sing. And, um, and I remember it was at all the youth camps we'd go, and, and I, you know, it was a really cool guitar lick. I remember getting to play it, and the song went like this. I found Jesus. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I found Jesus. Anybody heard that song? Anybody know that one? Anybody in that era? All right. I found Jesus. And that's, that's literally what it did. Boom, boom. I found Jesus. And it was like this really cool lick, and we'd all, you know, be up there, and, the, you know, young people, yeah, I found Jesus. Woo! But the reality is, we didn't find Jesus. He found us. God found me when I wasn't even looking for him. God found me. God put me in the right place so that I can encounter his presence. In John chapter 15, verse 16, it says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain and that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give you. Jeremiah 1 verses 4 through 5 says, The Lord gave me this message. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet 
to the nations. In Psalm 100 verse 3, it says, Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. He chose you. You say, well, no, surely you're not talking to me. Obviously, you're talking to the person beside me, right? Because that person obviously is much more righteous than me. That person obviously has it much more together than I do. But that's not how God works. See, God chooses us. God steps out of uh, eternity into time, and he chooses us. And the fact that you are here today is the sign of God's grace working on your heart. If you want evidence of it, some of you had a hard time getting out of bed this morning. I know how that works. Some of you weren't sure if you were going to make it. Some of you are even online right now, wherever you are. And God spoke to you and said, you need to get into that service. You need to get there because there's a message for you. And the message that God has for you today is that he chose you. He chose you. He chose you. The shepherd chooses the sheep. Spurgeon says it this way, the sweetest word of the whole is the monosyllable, my. He does not say, the Lord is the shepherd of the whole world at large and leadeth forth the multitude of his flock, but the Lord is my shepherd. If he be a shepherd to no one else, he is a shepherd to me. He cares for me, he watches over me, and he preserves me. God is for you. He has called you. He has chosen you. And my question to you today is, in your heart, is he your shepherd? Is he your shepherd? That's number one. Number two of the three things is this. Sheep receive a mark from the shepherd. A a sheep is marked by the shepherd to prove that they belong to him. Uh, In modern times, often what they'll do is they'll tattoo the ear or you might see sheep with a little tag on the ear. You ever seen that before in, in pictures? There'll be like a little tag up there with a number on it. And it tells everybody that that sheep belongs to that shepherd. But in ancient times, what they used to do is they would take a carving knife and they would go up to the little lamb. And for those of you who are squeamish, don't listen to this, plug your ears. They would go up to the lamb and they would notch the ear with a special mark so that everyone would know that that sheep belonged to that shepherd. There was a mark that was on the sheep. And Jesus who called you, who chose you, has also marked you. He's also set you apart. He's also given you a purpose for your life. And in in, um, Matthew chapter 18 verse 12, it says this, If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, what will he do? Won't he leave the ninety-nine others on the hill and go out to search for the one that is lost? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he'll rejoice over it more than the, over the 99 that didn't wander away. Now, this implies that the shepherd knows that it's his sheep. How does he know that? Because he marked it. It was set aside. In Acts chapter 4, verse 13, it says, The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in Scripture, but they also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Have you spent time with the shepherd? Have you been in his presence? Have you allowed him to rub off on you? Have you allowed him to mark your life? Have you allowed him to mark your life today? 
We respond to the shepherd. We come back to him, and he encounters us, and then he changes us from the inside out. This is our God. This is the God that chose you. This is the God that marked you. This is the God that sets you apart. In in, in biblical terms, one of the terms that we often use is this term called sanctification. And to to give you the most basic sense of that, it's set apart for God's special use and purpose. Now, you might be sitting here today and you might be saying, man, I just don't feel that. I don't feel like I'm marked by God. I, I, don't, I don't know if I can sense it in my life today. But I want to tell you, if you're here today and you're a follower of Jesus, you are marked by him. And I want to read you one of my favorite passages of Scripture. This isn't up there, but I've got to read this to you because I just love it so much. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, there's this list of sins. Okay? And it's pretty intense. And I'm going to read you the first part, and then I'm going to read you the second part about being sanctified and set apart. It says this, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And I always love to stop there and say, Okay. Well, that's intense. So, uh, which one of us is going to get in the kingdom of God? I'm done. That's it. But then the mark comes. The grace comes. And that's what this says next. It says, and such were some of you. But, You were washed, you were sanctified, set apart for God, marked by him, and you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of our God. Come on. Yeah, that's worth a clap right there. Come on. See, it's not that you're perfect. It's not that you've got this all figured out. He knows you, he called you, and he marked you. And him who began a good work with you is faithful to complete it in Christ Jesus. He's going to carry you through. This is the word of God. This is not my words. These are the words of God. He can carry you through. Do you believe it this morning? Sanctified. Set apart for God. Amen. Okay, and then here's the third one. The third one is this. A sheep must learn to rely on the shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Church, do we rely on him? This goes back to that first question. Who is your shepherd? Who are you allowing to to, to lead and guide you? Who do you look to as a counterfeit to the true shepherd in your life? What is it that you turn to when you're looking for a way out and looking for a way forward and, and you don't know if you can trust in God? Church, I think a lot of this thing that we call you know, spiritual warfare, this idea of, of battling it out in the spirit, is, is just actually about us choosing to believe the word of God. I think it's really, really practical. I, I think it's just saying, you know what? You said it, therefore I believe it. You said it, so I'm going to walk in it. In John 10, verse 27, Jesus says this, My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. 
I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me for my Father has given them to me and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them from the Father's hand. Do you believe that today? Can you walk in that today? Can you live that out today? You know, faith is, is, is agreeing with God. Faith is coming into agreement with God in his word. And this is the word of God. Can you agree with that today? It's being utterly contented in the good shepherd's care and consequently not craving or desiring anything more. The Lord is my shepherd. That's all I need. The Lord is my shepherd. I've got everything I need right here. Conversely, we could often look to other things around us to try and fill us up. We can look to other things around us to be that shepherd, to be that sheep. We can look to, to our, our finances and our investments. We can, look to, uh, we can look to our relationships. We can look to our addictions. We can look to our anxieties. But that's not what we were designed to do. We were designed to look to the good shepherd. Mark chapter 10, verse 21, Then Jesus looked at him and loved him and said, One thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have, and give it to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. And come take up your cross and follow me. And this is the story of a rich young ruler that comes to Jesus and says, What must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says to him, You've done a lot of great things, but one thing you lack. Trust in me. Believe that I'm the one that can fulfill and satisfy you. Don't look to the other things around you. Don't look to the things that you've done in your own life, but look to me. He truly is the great shepherd, and he is able to care for us and provide for all of our needs. And by the way, church, that means all of our needs. Do you believe this morning that God can provide your needs that you have today? I don't know, there might be some financial need in the house today. I believe that God can provide that for you. There might be some emotional needs in your life today. I believe that God can heal you and restore you because the glory of God is revealed in restoration. I think as sheep, oftentimes we get this sense that the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. But can we learn to trust the good shepherd? Can we learn to trust him? 1 Timothy 6, 6 and 7 says, Yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. <laughs> After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world, and, and we can't take anything with us when we leave. Is he enough for you? Is he enough for you? Philippians, Paul says this in 4, uh, 11 and 13. Not that I was ever in need, for I've learned now how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live with almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it's with a full stomach or an empty, with the plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Church, I don't know about you. I've, I've experienced this. I've had the opportunity to travel around the world. I remember as a kid, we used to go out to the garbage dumps in Tijuana, and we'd minister to people out there. And I remember meeting pastors who lived in one-bedroom shacks, and there was this incredible sense of joy that bubbled up from within them. There was this contentment that I've never seen. And, and then on the flip side of that, I've seen people in massive mansions with cars and, and all the things that the world says that you need to make yourself happy who are miserable. And conversely, people who live in mansions with cars and everything the world says you need to be happy that are so full of joy because they recognize that the Lord is their shepherd, not their mansions or their cars. This is about orientation. This is about understanding and recognizing that he is all that 
we need. Are you with me? Psalm 84, verse 11, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. He is able to satisfy you. He is able to fulfill your needs. He is able to meet you right where you are. He is the God. And he is our shepherd. When he says this, when David says this, the Lord is my shepherd. He says, I shall not want. He's saying it both as a declaration and a decision. As a declaration, he's saying, all my needs are supplied by the Lord, my shepherd. But as a decision, he's saying, I decide not to desire more than what the Lord, my shepherd, gives. This is the idea of learning to be content, of learning to be grateful in our season, learning to be grateful and recognize the things that we have. C.S. Lewis says this, human history is a long, terrible story of man trying to find something other than God which will make him happy. I'm going to read that again. Human history is a long, terrible story of man trying to find something other than God which will make him happy. St. Augustine said it this way, I am restless until I find my rest in you. He is the fulfillment of our desires. In your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures evermore. I'm going to tell you one more quick testimony and then I'm going to close. Maybe you've heard this before, but this is important. Um, When I was a young man, I had a life's verse. And I used to try and game the Bible. I used to like try and figure out, how can I like figure this thing out so that I can like, you know, use it for my joy, basically. I'm just being really blunt and honest with you. It wasn't that intense, but that's basically one of the ways I used to think about it, and God had to change that in me. But in Matthew chapter 6.33, this is what it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. I thought that's a brilliant verse. Because all I have to do is seek first the kingdom of God, and then he's going to give me all the stuff that I want. Right? So he'll give me that car, he'll give me that wife, he'll give me that thing, and all, that, all those things will come to me, and that'll be, that's what this is about, right? I've just got to seek first, and then God's going to give it to me. Until I encountered his presence. Until I spent time with him. Until I learned about who he was. And what I began to realize is that it's not seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then you'll get stuff. But it's actually... And all these things, yeah, they'll be added. They'll come. But that's not where the joy is. That's not where the contentment is. That's not where the hope is. The hope is found over here in seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things, they'll be added. But this is where it's at, right here. So I ask you again today, have you allowed the Lord to be your shepherd, your guide, and your hope for life? I'm going to invite my beautiful wife to come up. and She's going to close the service today. We're going to give you an opportunity to respond to that word. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Just close your eyes for a second. And we're just we're wrapping up right now. We're not going to take a lot of time. But I want you just to have a conversation with the Lord right now in these moments. And if he is not all you want, 
if you cannot truly say, oh, I lack nothing because of him, if that's not how you feel, have a conversation with him right now. And it might look like, Lord, I, I want to desire you more. I want to be satisfied with where I'm at right now. I want to find all I need in you and not be searching and always striving for something different. I want you. I want you. I want your presence. I want more. Church, I really, Matt and I really feel this is a season that God is going to be pushing us as a church to step out of the comfort and, you know, and, and to do things that maybe make you feel uncomfortable. And maybe you're like, no, I want these things. That's going to bring me happiness. But he's calling you back to himself. No, I, I am it. I am everything. Jesus is your all in all. But you have to come to him and release. There's that word again because I feel that strongly too. And release things that you're carrying. Release things that you feel are going to bring you comfort. It's not all the things. It's seek first Him. Lord Jesus, I just ask that you would just speak to us individually. You know each one of us. You know where we're at. People in their homes right now, right here, you know our hearts. And God, I pray, Lord, I ask that you would just put such a hunger in each of our hearts for more of you. And when things attract us, things of the world are so attractive, and it's not bad to love things of the world. I love all the beautiful things that God has given us to enjoy here in this world. It's beautiful. I am a lover of all the beauty and the wonderful things that he gives us and the gifts that he gives us here on this earth. It's so good. But, Lord, may our hearts be more after you, more after your presence. May we be a people. May we be families. May we be couples. May we be singles. May we be a family, life church family that only wants you and your presence above all other things, Lord Jesus. Hungering and thirsting for more of you. There's more. There's more in his presence. There's more. The Lord is my shepherd. Father, may we be able to, um, in this year, experience an intimacy with you. My shepherd. Call us deeper. Take us deeper. Father, may the prayer of our hearts be, Lord, we want more. We want to know you in that way. And we want to find that contentness, that holy contentment that says whatever season I find myself in, whatever this year that we are stepping into, holds for me, throws at me, throws at you, I'm going to hold on to my Savior. I'm going to hold on to Jesus. And I'm going to want him most and more. And I truly believe that he is all I need. And he will get us through.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, throughout this week, not just this morning, but throughout this week, be speaking to us about this in our hearts. Lord Jesus, challenge us. Are we holding on to things more than and, and, and having securities in other things besides you? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. We release things that are maybe in the way of full trust and surrender to you. Father, that we would ha- it would follow us into our weeks and into our days and whatever we have going on this week, that we remember this truth and may it become a reality as we go hard after you. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I have all I need. I lack nothing. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you so much for that, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen.